Well, praise God. God is so good. We're in a series this month on making it through a tough day. Amen. How to live through a hard day. And I know some of you are going through some turmoil in your life. If you're, I mean, if you're living on this earth, we're going to go through some turmoil. Amen. In other words, we're not in heaven yet. And, uh, and it's not, you know, heaven is perfect, but here down on earth, it's not perfect. And, uh, but praise God, we have Jesus that can help us navigate the bad days. Amen. And, uh, I'm telling you, it's good to have Jesus in your boat. Praise God. And if he's in your boat, your boat can't go down. Amen. And God is so awesome. And we're taking the seven statements of Jesus, uh, while he was hanging on the cross and we're taking each statement that he made and, uh, we're, we're learning a life lesson on how, you know, he made it through his probably the toughest day of his life here on earth. I would say it was the toughest day of his life. How did you, how was Jesus able to make it through his tough day? And Jesus, you know, uh, gives us some examples. And we're looking at Hebrews um, uh, 12, verse 2, as a, you know, as a foundational scripture to look at as we're going through our hard days. It says in Hebrews uh, 12, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, so there, you know, I'm going to say this, that it's not over yet. Amen. And what you're going through, it's not over. Amen. You may say, I've been going through something so for so long. Well, you know, just, you know, wait on the Lord. Amen. And, uh, you know, God will bring you through it. Amen. And so let's just kind of recap. And I like to recap on it for some of you might be new and may not have been to all the messages. I would like, you know, to encourage you to go to our website and check out the messages you can you can watch them online but um in luke uh 23 uh jesus's first statement was while he was hanging on the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do and so you know uh, a lot of times our bad days are, are hooked in with other people and so a lot of times we think people are our problem and uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Most mostly people aren't trying to do you in. Sometimes we have a conspiracy theory and we think, you know, that when things are going wrong, everybody's out to get us. And we we don't want to have that conspiracy theory, you know, oh, you know, everybody's out out against. No, it, we just live in a in a world that is fallible. We live in a world that's not perfect. And, and there's going to be misunderstandings with people. And so we have to learn to forgive people. Look at your neighbor and say, forgive people. And so that's a key to uh, not uh, allowing the bad day to, it, to make it a bad week, to make it a bad month or a year. Amen. And then um, the second statement Jesus made was uh, to a thief that was on the cross. And uh, the thief said to Jesus while he was on the cross, Lord, remember me when you get into your kingdom. And Jesus actually said, surely I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. And so the life lesson is on this is we need to help others who are experiencing the same struggles and give them hope from the word of God. And so, you know, a lot of times um, uh, when we're going through pain, other people might be going through similar pain. 
And so, you know, uh, a lot of times we don't, a lot of times we think we're the only ones going through it, but there's lots of people going through problems. Lots of people and lots of Christians going through issues. And so we need to, you know, try to encourage maybe somebody that might be going through the same thing. And when you do encourage, guess what happens? You get encouraged. Amen. When you start telling somebody you're going to make it, you're actually telling yourself you're going to make it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You can make it. You can make it through this thing. And uh, sometimes we're helping people that are going through a worse problem than we're going through. And we go after we're done talking to them. I'm glad I'm not them. <laughs> Amen. So sometimes that's why we have church, because you can you know, there's going to be people coming in that, you know, we know and that we love that may be going through more issues. And so that we can help them navigate that by by giving them some hope. Uh, of the gospel and of the word of God. That's really the only thing we can really give people. You know, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is stinking or sinking sand. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and so and so number three, uh, number three statement that Jesus made on the cross was that um, when Jesus, uh, this is in um John 19, 26 through 27. Now, John was the only writer that recorded this, of course, because John was a part of what he said. And so it was very significant to John, the apostle. But when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple when he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. In other words, uh, Jesus was the, the head of the household. He, he must have taken care of Mary. And obviously, she, uh, her husband passed away, Joseph. And so she was a widow. And, uh, and so, you know, Jesus, you know, in his time of pain, was uh, more concerned about others in his household than himself. And so we need to, when we're going through a bad day, the life lesson in this is that we need to learn to take care of others near us and, um, and focus our pain into a solution for other people in our families. Amen? A lot of times when we're going through our bad day, our, our families know it, and they're the, and they're the recipient of our pain. Okay, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. In other words, you know, nobody knows your pain more than your family knows your pain. If mama and daddy's not happy, nobody's happy, right? In other words, misery loves company. And so we need to learn this, that even while we're going through our pain, people are hurting with us in our pain. And so we need to even comfort those that might even be hurting in us, uh, through us, in our pain. Now, we have to look at Jesus here. Now, this is the fourth statement that he made. And uh, we have to think about it. It's not, it wasn't just a statement, but it was a, it was a prayer to God. You know, he actually, seven of his statements that he made on the cross, three of them were actually directed to God, was prayers to God. And so, so Jesus was hanging on the cross. And all of a sudden, the Bible said that the, uh, that the, that the day grew dark. It actually was to, it, it turned totally dark. Now, I'm not too sure if it was dark clouds that came over, but it, 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 it went dark for a period of about three hours, from 12 o'clock noon to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It went totally dark. 
And and so and, and at that point, Jesus, you know, this was at the point some scholars, I believe, say that this was a time where, where God had to kind of he had to pull away, you know, from Jesus because Jesus was becoming our sin sacrifice on the cross. And so 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 th this is, uh, you know, this is where God had to pull away his presence, I believe. And so when he did that, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so, uh, you know, yes, uh, I'm going to say this, that when we're going through a hard time, uh, we need to aim our hard questions at God and not man. Amen. Amen. Sometimes when we grow up and we may we all come through, you know, come up through different churches. A lot of us grew up in church. Sometimes we hear the preachers preach almost never question God. He's he's powerful. You never want to ask him a question. You know, he's God. He can do whatever he wants, you know, and you have some preachers that preach like that. I don't like that type of preaching, but uh, yes, he is God. Amen. But, you know, and he can do, but, but he works in the confinement of his word. So he really can't do anything he wants to do. He works within his word. He, God cannot lie. Amen. Amen. So he has to work in the framework of his word and how he set up the kingdom. And so he doesn't go against how he sets up his kingdom or his kingdom rules. So like a, there is a, there's a kingdom rule that says whatsoever a man sows, so shall he reap. So that's he set that up. So he so if a person is sowing to the flesh, what will that person reap? Corruption. Corruption. So it's not like God's doing it to us. It's just that we're reaping what we're sowing. Is this helping anybody today? So with Jesus, he wasn't reaping what he was sowing. In other words, he was going through. Uh, this this place on the cross where he was actually being rejected by God. So and he did this so we could be accepted by God. Amen. Amen. So God can accept us in our time, uh, 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 you know, in our sinfulness. You know why we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Amen. Amen. So God loved you even before you got Jesus in your heart. Amen. That's, a, that's good. In other words, God was over you, watching over you, looking after you and all your stupidity and all the dumb things that you were doing to kill yourself. God was with you. If his eye is on the sparrow, his eye is on you. Amen. And I'm so glad. That while I was away from God, doing all my stupid stuff and, and living rebellious, and I'm so glad that God was still keeping his eyes on me and he's still keeping his eyes on you. Amen? Amen. So we can, you know, we can talk to God and when we're going through a difficult time, we can ask God, God, why? <laughs> Have you ever asked God, why is this happening? Amen. Why? Yes, Lord. I remember um, reading about Kenneth Hagin, and uh, he's went on to be with the Lord. And Kenneth Hagin developed a Bible school called Rama. Rama is a Greek word, means the spoken word of God, which means when God speaks to us and we get a revelation that it's God. Amen. Amen. And so, but he was um, he he was sick as a child, Kenneth Hagin, and he had an incurable blood disease.
and he had a problem with his heart as well. He had problems with his heart. And the doctors said, you know, he wouldn't live past, I believe, 17, 16 or 17 years of age because of all the problems. And there was nothing medical science could do to help him. Well, what happens when there's nothing that medical science can do to help you? What, who do you turn to? God. You turn to God. Amen. If the doctors can't handle it, then the great physician can handle it. Right. The great physician, Jesus, can handle anything that you're dealing with. Sometimes we think, oh, oh, I don't know, this might even be too hard for Jesus. No, it's never too hard for Jesus. And, and I remember that, that Brother Hagen, uh, he started reading his Bible. He called it the, 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 his grandma's Methodist Bible. They, they were Methodists. And, um, and he was reading it, and he found out that you could, you could call upon the elders of the church, and they, and, and, and they can anoint you with oil, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And he saw that, so he called a preacher. And he was hoping the preacher would pray healing over him, but the preacher said, Lord, send him home quickly. <laughs> you don't want that kind of preacher preach on praying for you. Amen. <laughs> oh, let him go home quickly, Lord. You know, in his pious voice. Oh, Lord God, you know, help him in his suffering and send him home <laughs> You know, Brother Hagin was like, I'm going to be healed. What? <laughs> so, you know, what do you do when you can't find a preacher to pray the, the prayer of faith of healing for you? You, you, you depend on God. Amen. You got to depend on God. Amen. You can't just, you can't depend on everybody. You can't depend on, on the, you know, this person or that person. You got to put your trust, faith, and confidence in a mighty God. Amen. And so he's there, you know, reading the scriptures. And uh, he's finally seeing, he's seeing, you know, uh, where it says, speak to the mountain in Mark eleven twenty two. 22. You know, and he who speaks the mountain, believes in an ark, confesses with his mouth what he has. He will have whatsoever he has, whatever he believes. And so I'm paraphrasing it. I might be messing it up. But <laughs> and so, so he got a hold of this. He said, I believe that I'm healed of this incurable blood disease. I believe that I'm healed of this heart condition. I believe that I'm healed. But he was still in bed. He was still, you know, he was an invalid in bed. He was bed fast, which means he could not get out of the bed. He couldn't even bathe himself. Come on, that's bad. Amen. And so he was, he was bed stricken. And then he finally got bold with God. And he said, God, I'm not trying to be, irrever I'm not trying to be irreverent at all. But, I, you know, as I read this, I would have to say that you said if I believe, I should have what I believe. And I would have to say you're lying about this because I'm not healed. And then the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said, don't bother me, son. I'm too busy. No. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you know, you believe as far as you know. You see, we, we only have a limited amount of light that we see on some subjects. We don't see it all. The Apostle Paul says we see in a mirror dimly. Our, we're not going to see it all in our faith walking. It's not going to be all, always revealed to us what's going on. And that's why we walk by faith. <laughs> that's why we got to have faith, because we're not going to know why this happens or why that happens or why this happens. We're not going to always know or why things aren't moving as quick as we want them to move. 
Amen. Can I get an amen there? Amen. And so finally the Lord said to him, he said, you, you have believed as far as you know, and you're doing good. For, but he said, but the Lord gave him a word that said, healed people, he was in bed around 10 o'clock, are normally up by 10 o'clock. Amen. And um, and so th then Brother Hagen realized, I need to make, I need to bust a move. I need to try to get out of bed. In other words, his faith was dormant until he started moving on it. And he got a revelation from God that, that he needed to not just confess something, but move out on his faith. So he got wisdom. You know, when, you, when you're in a dark place and it seems to be really dark and you can't, you know, you can't see, you don't know where to turn, you need to ask God for some wisdom. Amen. Amen. The, the Bible says in James, if, you, if a man lacks wisdom, ask of God, but ask of God in faith, not doubting. For a man that doubts, he will get nothing from the Lord. You have to ask expecting. Yes. Sometimes people just don't want the truth. That one movie, you can't handle the truth. You know, you know, some people don't really want the truth that they got to maybe get up, read their Bible, do some confessing, walk in love, forgive somebody. You know, some people don't want the truth. I heard of a story about this man that was on staff of a church and and, he, and his job with, uh, on Mondays was to pray for all the prayer requests that came in. And, he, and of course, it was a pretty large church. And so he, he, they would have a team of people that would pray for these prayer requests. And so this one prayer request came in and he would take, the, you know, it was a stack. So he would take maybe 20, 30 prayer requests. I don't know how many. And he would pass them out to different prayer people and they would pray over these prayer requests. We do that here at this church. And so if you have a prayer need, uh, you know, fill it out. God answers prayer. Amen. We've been seeing God do that. And we pray Sunday nights for people's prayer requests. And it's amazing the miracles that God does through prayer. Amen. Don't ever discount asking God for help. Amen. Don't ever discount asking the prayer team to pray for your prayer need. Amen. And we've been seeing God move through miracles. People been getting houses, uh, getting jobs, uh, restoration in families. So don't discount that. But this man was reading and, and this person had some kind of disease, might have been cancer. We can't, I can't recall exactly what, what that, this person was dealing with. And so that minister prayed over everything he knew to pray for this man. And then he w went to put it down, the prayer request, to move to the next prayer request, and the Lord said, you're not done yet. So he went ahead, he grabbed that prayer request and started praying again. And, uh, and then he put it back, you know, everything he knew, and, and then and he was about ready to put it down, and the Lord said, you're not done yet. So he, so he waited on the Lord, and the Lord revealed to him, he said, that disease isn't his problem. And, and, and then the, 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 the minister, I was praying over the worker, he said, then, Lord, what is his problem? He said, offense. See, offense opened up the door. See, some of us think God, God's just throwing disease on us just to see how long we're going to hold up under faith. 
Some of us think that God is dropping us in some kind of maze, you know, and, and hopefully we'll get to the cheese. We'll get to the, we, we think God is this big God in the sky. We, we misunderstand who God is and we think he's just either waiting for us to mess up so he can slap us down or dropping us in a maze and see if we can find the prize or the cheese. And we hit this wall and we hit this wall and we hit this wall so, so we can know that God is, uh, uh, he is um, omnipotent and he's all powerful. And yeah, he is, but he, he's here to help us. Amen. And so he was here to help this guy pray. And he said, the problem with this person is offense. That's their problem. It's not the disease. A lot of times we think our problem is the issue, but that may not be the problem. That's why we need to get God's wisdom on it. That's why we need to ask God for wisdom. If things are coming against us, we need to ask God, why are they coming against us? Is this something that we sowed that we're reaping? Hello. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. So we have to ask God. Amen. Aim our hard questions at, at God. And so, so when Brother Hagen, when he, when he got up, when he made, when he bust the move and started getting up, guess what happened? The power of God hit him. And he said it felt like liquid honey coming down over his head, flowing over down his body. And I'm telling you, he said he felt ne like needles because he hadn't walked in, in over 16 months. He hadn't been out of that bed. Think about being in bed for 16 months. And so and, and he said it felt like thousands of needles just penetrating his legs. And he said, when you don't feel nothing, even needles feel good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God totally, by, by 1030 that morning, he was down at the breakfast table eating breakfast. Amen. And, uh, and his grandfather was there at the table and he said, was Lazarus raised from the dead? Amen. And, 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 and God raised, you know, Kenneth Hagin up, but he had to act on his faith. See, some of us were believing God as far as we know. But there, there might be some more elements of truth that you might need to get to go to that place that God wants you to get to. Amen. So when we're in that dark place and we're dealing with those areas that we just don't know. And sometimes we may not have we may not get the answer automatic. Amen. Or some of you in some of that place right now Amen. where you're just you got the big why on top of your head. Why? The question mark. Why? Why? Why is this happening? God, I'm doing everything I know and still falling apart. You know? <laughs> Have you, are you hearing what I'm saying today? And you can. You, you, you just sometimes you just want to question God. God, why? And it's okay. And so, really, in that time where we're in the process of seeking truth, because you got to want truth, in that process, uh, there's some keys that we must stand on. Number one, we must trust in God's nature. We must trust in God's nature that. That God is a good God. Amen. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're encountering, God is a good God. I remember that when I was, when we, we had a, uh, we used to meet in, a, in an office building. Uh, and, um, and it was a 6,000 square foot office building. It was nice. And we used to meet there. 
And, uh, and uh, we got evicted out of that building. We were there for like 10 years and it was nice. It was cushy, it was nice, it was our building. And, uh, and so the, the landlord, we were really good. We always paid our bills, thank God. We're, we're, we're a debt-free ministry. God is so good. And uh, it, was, it wasn't because we screwed up. You know, I, I can see if we screwed up, we hadn't paid our bills in 90 days, you're out. But we always paid on time. We fixed the building. We were, we were his best tenant, the, the, the guy that leased us the building. And so, but he found somebody that was willing to pay double the rent that, we were, that, that he was, you know, and they were going to fix the building up. So he said, you guys are out. And by the way, I hope, and then he was telling the tenants as, as my dad w uh, was the, uh, he, he was the treasurer at that time and he was in the building. I, and he asked my dad to show the new tenants around and show them how everything works and, until we got thrown out. We were nice. We walked in love. But you know, in that process, it was like in October of that year. In that process, we were looking for a place to, to have services. And, and you know, there was, a, there was a church that opened up right down the street that th these people were moving out of this church. They were building their own facility and it looked like the perfect place for us. Like, this is God. God has opened up a church building. Hallelujah. And so I was thinking, this is God. And because somebody mentioned it to me in the congregation, there's a church opening up, a church building. And I remember I said, man, this got to be God. And it was only not even a mile from where we were at. Probably was walking distance. It was probably a half a mile. And so I remember driving over there thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be our church. And there was a guy that was out there. And uh, I, he said, uh, as I was looking at the, uh, our new property, I rolled down the window and he sa I said, hey, how are you doing? He said, good. He said, check out my new church. <laughs> he was the pastor of the next uh, of the church of that building. I said, this is your church. I just rolled up my window and said, oh, just shut up. You know, <laughs> you know, not really. But are you hear what I'm saying? I'm like, that's your building. No, I claimed that building, you know. <laughs> I was so upset, you know, I was driving around and he was all happy about his new building, you know. And I was like, my God, well, what about our building? And I started looking around and the first thought that came to me was a movie theater, but we talked to our staff and our staff said, no, we should have a building, we shouldn't be in a movie theater, you know. And so I kind of dropped that idea. And so I started looking all over the place for a building and you know what, in 90 days I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find a school to meet in. I, couldn't, I was frustrated. I remember driving one day and I was saying, God, why are you doing this to me? You know, don't, we, don't you want me to pastor a church and have a building? I thought God was against me. You know, have you ever felt that way? Oh my God, you're like, God, why, why, why? But you know what? It came down to the last week of, of and, we're, and this is in December, and we got to be out by December 31st, and we don't have a place to go. The congregation is going to be homeless. And I'm like, God, what do we do? And then the, the, then the idea came, what, what about that idea about a movie theater? You know, our staff came back up with that idea, and I said, hey, yeah, that was the first idea we had. And when we came over here, it was like heaven opened up. Ooh, and they was like, come on in. We'll, and they, they were so good to it. Everywhere else, they hated us. No, we don't want you in this school. We don't like you. We, uh, but here it was like heaven, heaven, you know. I, I think this is the place. 
you know, I mean, I mean, it just opened up. And of course, they're so good to us here at the theater. And we, they give us, you know, uh, storage space. And they're so good to us. And, and it was like, this is God. Amen. But God told me that three months ago. <laughs> Hello. Can somebody say dumb? <laughs> Sometimes we don't hear God or we don't act on what he's telling us or we're not waiting on God and we're go, we go half cocked trying to do our own thing and then when we, we're trying to do it, we're trying to make it work, we're trying to pay our own bills instead of seeking God, we're trying to do everything we can and finally, God, uh, do you have anything? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Regal Stadium 12 Movie Theater located at 104 Constitution Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10 o'clock a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.